0: A CMS Advisory Opinion, it's CMS-AO 2021-01, issued in June 2021, provides guidance that a parent subsidiary medical practice entity structure in which the subsidiaries themselves don't qualify as group practice under Stark can, not in total, qualify as a group. Here's some background. Stark and the regs under it prohibit a physician from making a referral for certain designated health services such as clinical labs, DME, imaging services that are payable by Medicare to an entity with which the physician or an immediate family member of the physician has a financial relationship unless all of the requirements of an applicable exception are satisfied. The exception for in-office ancillary services is available to a physician practice consisting of two or more physicians only if the physician practice qualifies as a group practice. Under the regs, a group practice must consist of a single legal entity operating primarily for the purpose of being a physician group practice. However, a group practice that is otherwise a single legal entity may itself own subsidiary entities through which it provides services to the group practice. The Requestor, which was an entity requesting the advisory opinion, is a single owner professional limited liability company operating as a physician group practice furnishing in addition to physician services, designated health services to Medicare beneficiaries. In simplified form, the requester sought CMS's opinion as to whether requester would fail to qualify as a group practice if it furnishes DHS through a wholly owned subsidiary entity that is a physician practice, but it does not itself, that subsidiary, qualify as a group practice owner, in addition to being the sole owner of requester, also was the sole owner of one, a subsidiary, subsidiary A, which is a PC operating as a physician practice and two, subsidiary B, a a, a professional limited liability company operating as a professional practice, a physician practice. The owner planned on having the requester entity acquire the owner's interest in subsidiary A and subsidiary B, but continue to operate them as separate legal entities, providing both physician services and DHS, because many payers and health plans prohibit assignment of their payer contracts to a successor organization. All of the requestor and those subsidiaries would be managed by the same management entity, called the manager. Subsidiaries A and B would remain credentialed and contract directly with payers and health plans and use billing numbers assigned to the subsidiaries to bill payers and health plans for items and services furnished to their enrollees. The subsidiaries would also remain enrolled in Medicare under tax identification numbers assigned to the subsidiaries and use billing numbers assigned to them as participating suppliers to bill Medicare for items and services, including for DHS, that are furnished to Medicare beneficiaries. The Requestor certified that, following the acquisition, 1. The Requestor would be the sole owner of the subsidiaries. 2. All clinical employees and contractors of the subsidiaries would become employed or contracted by Requestor. 3. All material assets and business functions of the subsidiaries would be transferred to Requestor or to manager, and four, manager would continue to provide management and other non-clinical services to requestor and to the subsidiaries. In addition, under the requestor structure, patients to whom healthcare services are furnished by the subsidiaries would be considered patients of the group practice the healthcare services furnished to group practice patients would be furnished or supervised by clinical personnel that are employed or contracted by requestor and designated to work at the three sites that is as the requestor's original group practice site at subsidiary A site and at subsidiary B site manager would provide all non-clinical support personnel to the group practice and to the subsidiaries under the terms of the management agreement among the parties. All revenues of the subsidiaries would be remitted to and treated as revenues of the group practice. The Opinion CMS began its analysis by referencing the fact that although a group practice must consist of a single legal entity, the regs permit a group practice to own subsidiaries And the law does not dictate or limit the types of subsidiaries a group practice may own. CMS was persuaded by the specific facts certified by the requester that the subsidiary structure does not preclude requester from qualifying as a single legal entity if requester furnishes DHS through the subsidiaries provided that Requestor is the sole owner of the subsidiaries. As set out above, the particular certified facts were as follows. 1. All clinical employees and contractors of the subsidiaries would become employed or contracted by requester. 2. Those personnel would be designated to work at either the initial requester office site or at a subsidiary site. Three. Although subsidiary A and subsidiary B would maintain their respective enrollments in Medicare, remain credentialed and contract directly with payers and health plans, and use billing numbers assigned to the subsidiaries to bill Medicare and other payers and health plans for services furnished to their beneficiaries and enrollees, all revenue and expenses of the subsidiaries would be treated as revenues and expenses of the group practice, that is, of requestor. Note that the opinion is limited to the question posed by the requestor, which did not venture into issues related to the other group practice exception requirements. Note also, extremely importantly, that CMS advisory opinions are binding only in regard to the particular requester. However they do provide insight into CMS's analysis on the application of Stark. In the instance of Advisory Opinion Number CMS AO 2021-01, we see regulatory flexibility in regard to parent substructures in which the parent entity and the subsidiary entities are all physician practices.